bundle up everyone, those snowstorms are hitting us hard this year. Today we're going to be covering some creepy and allegedly true scary stories from small towns all across the world. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Joining me today is my good friend Lady Spukaria. If you enjoy her voice, be sure to check out her channel. You can find a link to do so in the description down below. She shares scary stories on a weekly basis, and I think you'll enjoy her channel if you enjoy mine. Now, without further ado, let us get into these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hi, I am a resident of Poplar Creek, seven miles south of Leeton, Alabama, and I graduated from Charity Chapel Academy in Crooked Oak, Alabama. As you can imagine, by the names, we are heavily wooded areas and are small towns. Just a few years ago, a girl I went to high school with at a church came up missing. Her name was Amanda Taylor. I don't know if anyone has ever reported this to any of these types of channels, or if there has ever been a story done but I wanted to share it. Her father, who was at the time the preacher of the church our school was based in, has tirelessly tried to have a law passed in her name to shorten the amount of time in Alabama, at least in our area, that you can report an adult missing. At least, an adult that is responsible or with children or generally would not likely go missing. It seems that the police disregard these kind of cases early on most of the time even if these type of people aren't known to go abandoning their children. With laws like this enacted, police would have to go search for people like this much earlier. It was amazing how many people signed that petition, but I don't think the law was ever passed, but he was sure something had happened to his daughter, and he was right. Because this letter came out from her ex-husband and his new girlfriend, saying that they murdered her, and from what I understand, there were pieces of her found in Nat Pond, off Nat Pond Road, and they found more things and biological evidence burned somewhere out on Coburn Mountain. I think his name was Ronald Weems. I'm pretty sure that was his name because he and his sister, Brandy Road, were my grandmother's friends and were very familiar with them from church, I believe. Not all is lost here. When Brandy, Ronald's sister, found out about what happened to Amanda, she immediately came forward. This was not a case of my brother's keeper. She was appalled with the things he had done, and heartbroken for her nieces, not knowing what their father was. It's possible she testified against him, but I can't remember for sure. He may have made a plea deal, but I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, this was several years ago, but either way, he has since been convicted of the crime. But it took many searches and a lot of rallying on her father's part for them to believe that she hadn't just simply ran away and skipped out on her three children. No, I have never done anything like this. I have never submitted any stories to YouTube before, but after hearing your story and video on that boy from Arab, I began to think of Amanda again, standing up there in her cap and gown, with such a shining life before her, and then ending up in that swamp. It breaks my heart, and I wish to draw attention to these cases. I am a single mother with three children. It would take a psycho surprise attack where I can't reach my gun first to take me away from my babies, and I can imagine she would have been saying the same thing. Thank you for your time. 
I hope you're having a pleasant weekend, and thank you for sharing the story, even though it wasn't exactly a scary story. Number two, by Todd B. Some backstory. My town is a fairly small town in central Oklahoma. Known for a huge oil boom in the 1920s and 30s. It's unknown what the school is built on, but it's certainly a hotspot. Let's also not forget this is Oklahoma. Therefore, it's very questionable as to what the school is built on. My grandmother works at this school. She has for about 27 years if I'm correct. The school was built in 1972, with an addition of the cafeteria and gym in the 80s. The first story happened to my grandmother, probably 15 to 20 years ago. Whistling was heard all around the school, loud, but it was never known where it came from. My grandmother figured it was most likely the band teacher. He's been there for some time, as long as I can remember and he's been there since before I was born. He still teaches today, and I can confirm the whistles. A lot. At some point within about a week, my grandmother got used to the whistling, and just began ignoring it, even on days when nobody was at the school with her. One day, she heard the whistling. Not thinking much of it, she just continued working, a man walked up to her in a grey wool suit, something far out of style. She sees him, stops him, and says, Hey, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. He stops, looks at her, stops whistling, smiles, and begins whistling again. He proceeds to walk into a classroom, and the door slams shut behind him. It took her some time before she finally decided to open the door. There was nothing in there. The room had a window, but there's a screen. The window was closed and the screen was unbothered, as it cannot be opened. The next story takes place later, roughly 2014 to 2016. I'm in about 4th to 6th grade. The school is a 4th to 6th grade elementary school, so I'd go with her in the mornings. At that time, I'd be at school no matter what. For a little while, I'd get bored of cartoons and knew of ghost stories. I decided it'd be funny to scare her while cleaning her classrooms. I knew of a class that had a perfect hiding spot right outside the door. I'd knock on a locker right next to the door and wait for her to investigate, and jump out and scare her. I did this often until I got bored of it, but it seems somebody seemed to enjoy it. I was watching cartoons since my interest went back to those days, and my grandmother comes running into the teacher's lounge and asks if I did what I normally do. I denied, of course, and she believed me. Years later, I found out what happened. She was cleaning the classroom I'd always scare her at. It was a normal routine for her at this point. Clean the room, hear a knock on the locker. She had enough of it and just said, Okay, little man, my childhood nickname they still call me, to be honest. 
despite being about five foot ten now. You don't scare me. And a little girl runs in giggling. The girl runs under the table and my grandma looks, sees nothing and simply says, Okay, you scared me. And finally finishes up the classroom and moves on. This little girl ghost I seem to have influenced isn't aggressive. She was never seen there until after I played my games. And it seems. She still has her fun on teachers to this day. I deep down consider her a friend for keeping my stupid little games a reality, but in a far more scary and somewhat cool way. My third story again involves my grandmother. I have a few that involve me as well, but my grandmothers are far more interesting. This one happened in 2019. She was in an accident heading up to Norman, Oklahoma, about halfway there. She was sideswiped by a pickup. Luckily, she was fine. Merely got some whiplash and a repaired Ford Fusion. She was out of work for about a month. She returned and was cleaning a classroom. One to the right of the one I played my pranks on her in. She was cleaning it, and she bent down to pick something up only to come back up and be completely surrounded by people, all of them in clothing far out of style today, and all of them being spirits she's previously seen, all which said simultaneously, we've missed you, before disappearing. She wasn't in fear of any of them. Here's a few of my own at the school. I don't really see anything, but I feel things. And I have heard things. I've never really felt anything aggressive, other than the one in the library. But even so, it is more of a don't mess with me and I won't mess with you type. I've always imagined it as a gangster. I also remember there were lots of orbs in the gym, just everywhere on the infrared security camera. I heard lockers bang on occasion, and a girl and I heard a piano play on its own. I remember a lot of kids also saying things about how the room the man walked into had an odd feeling to it. I still feel things any time I'm over there. Some background information before I get started. There is a small town called Alfreda, a little way past Tombstone in Arizona. My grandparents own many acres of land there. They harvest pecans and own about a dozen cows. This land used to be inhabited by Native American Indians. My best friend and I love to go out and find arrowheads, small bottles, and other cool things of this kind. When I was about 15 or so, we went to visit my grandparents. My mom, my stepdad, my three younger siblings, and my best friend Lauren. We got there, said hello and then everyone went off to do their own thing. Lauren and I decided to go up the mountain and explore some of the old caves that were there. We went up to our usual way and started looking at the holes the Indians used to use for grinding food. There were also exquisite cave paintings. We had only been up there for about 30 minutes or so before we began to feel incredibly uneasy. I felt queasy in my stomach and started to feel like I was being watched. At one point, I felt like I was going to start dry heaving for some reason. We decided to leave right then and there, and began walking down to where we parked our four-wheeler. 
We were almost there when we heard what sounded like a rock fall off one of the larger ridges above us. We totally freaked out and ran down to the vehicle and sped off as fast as we could. I don't think I've ever ran that fast in my life. I do listen to a lot of scary stories, so I immediately started thinking, and maybe overthinking, that this was some sort of skimwalker or some sort of cryptid chasing us. Lauren did manage to calm me down, saying it was probably just a mountain lion or something like that. We got home and decided not to tell my parents and just move on. But later that evening, my family all decided to go to the lake. The lake was only about a mile and a half away, maybe two miles from the house at most. You follow a trail that has an orchard on one side and the cow pasture on the other. And once you get about halfway, you must get out and open a gate. So the rest of the trail you're riding in the cow pasture. But on your left side, you're riding up along this fence and on the other side is just unkept Arizona wilderness. My family left a little before me, but they left me the keys to the other four-wheeler. I left on my own and started to drive. The first half went without incident. However, once I got to open the gate, I heard what sounded like one of our cows. But it wasn't on the right side of the fence. It was on the left side of the fence. There was something off about it, though. It sounded more robotic-like, I guess. I just listened, and the sound eventually distorted into, like, a scream. This startled me. I threw the gate open and quickly drove through. I had to get out of there, but I also had to get off the thing again and shut the gate. When I did this, I heard that god-awful scream again. It sounded like it was only a few feet away from me this time. I got the fence gate shut. I turned to the fence where I heard the noise. And what I saw scared the absolute life out of me. It was this coyote standing on the other side of the fence. But it wasn't normal. It's like its lips were missing and exposing these incredibly unnaturally sharp teeth. They were jagged and almost misplaced looking. His bones were sticking out of the skin and looked barely draped over its body. Its eyes were pure yellow as if they were glowing. I stumbled backward and booked it to my vehicle as fast as I could. The thing jumped at the fence, making the most terrifying screech I have ever heard in my life. Its bones cracked when it moved, and this horrible smell filled the air, like rotting flesh and rusted metal. I sped to the lake where my family was sitting, laughing, talking, and just overall enjoying their time. I walked over and took a seat next to my best friend. She immediately knew something was wrong with me. I didn't tell her about what I saw until we were driving back to the farmhouse together. She seemed to believe me. I was so shaken by this that I couldn't sleep at all that night. We left in the morning, and after a few days, I eventually calmed down and felt fine again. I still don't know how I got over it that quickly. It all seemed so unreal in a way, like the feeling you get after you realize a nightmare was only a nightmare. But I know it was real, and I'm just unaffected by it, I believe. I don't know. Sometimes I think that this may have been a skimwalker. But I'm not entirely sure. After some research, I did find out that this area was previously Indian territory. This was the first time I've ever seen one myself, but it was most definitely not the last. I think this thing is hooked on me now. I don't think it's exactly following me, but I do think I've been running into it very often. Today's episode is sponsored 
by Talkspace. Honestly guys, mental health is very important and everybody in the swamps would be taking their mental health very, very importantly as well. Over the years, we have shifted how we work and learn, but sometimes it feels like the world is changing faster than we can honestly keep up. I myself have struggled with anxiety and bipolar issues in the past, and talking to somebody has always helped me out. But, you know, with COVID going around and other scares and all that, it can be hard to get into an actual office. But now, Talkspace makes that much easier. The people around us make a huge impact on our lives, and life's pressures can cause our relationships to change for better and worse. And honestly, it's very frustrating to grow out of relationships with friends, family, and partners sometimes, and we can all use somebody to talk to. I know mental health might have a weird stigma sometimes, but honestly, going to Talkspace.com and talking to an online therapist can really help. It helped me, and I was definitely a skeptic at first. So please, join me and many others in the swamp if you need a little support to help you through the end of the year or want to start building towards a better upcoming year. Talkspace is here to help. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code SWAMPED. That's $100 off when you use code SWAMP at Talkspace.com. It was one year ago. My family and I were living in upstate New York in a small town called Lowville. It's a small rural kind of town that is an hour away from the Fort Drum military base, and the only thing was in the downtown area was mainly bars and a couple of restaurants and maybe an antique shop or two. The rest of it was just vacant buildings and some insurance buildings, which weren't really, you know, anything to be looking at. It was the kind of town I liked to be in, to be honest but it has a fair and a festival year-round, which I did attend. The only other thing I could do when those occasional events weren't going on was to walk around the fairgrounds for a bit. So it was one night I decided to go for a walk around the fairgrounds because I was feeling restless. So I needed to get out of the house for a bit, and it feels good to go out and get some exercise and fresh air. When I got to the fairgrounds, I began to enjoy a good exercise walk around and getting a nice little late workout until I spotted something from a distance. These fairgrounds are kind of like a park that also has the county fair. It also included a small baseball field and a grandstand. From where I was standing, it looked like there was a person just standing there on the pitcher's mound, and I was asking myself, why is there someone just standing there in the middle of a baseball field here this late at night at the fairgrounds? I just thought that was very odd, but suddenly it appeared that the person's form began to change. It looked to be that the person's form drastically grew eight feet tall, and the person's head changed from a human face to the skull of what looked like a deer or something. It looked like antlers were starting to protrude from the head. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I just felt like I was in a horror movie, because those are the types of things you'll see in horror films. I was completely, 100% petrified. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt goosebumps all over my entire body and I was completely stiff with horror. This was the most scared I had ever felt in my life, the only time I felt near death. I just watched and gritted my teeth until I realized that I needed to think of an escape plan from that area. I obviously couldn't just keep standing there and wait for the creature to notice me and attack me. I was lucky that I was in a spot where the creature couldn't really notice me, so I realized I had the upper hand and I can escape. So. I had the courage to run off from that area at lightning speed. I felt adrenaline shoot through my body as I kept running at a fast pace. 
I heard the creature let out a guttural scream as I kept running, and running without ever looking back. I finally stopped running when I reached a safe neighborhood surrounded by houses and lighting, also where I knew the creature probably wouldn't come get me. I just kept hyperventilating and trying to catch my breath and clear my mind to figure out what the heck that thing was. I don't know if I was the first one to encounter something like this in this town, or maybe if other people have but they just didn't want to tell anyone about it because they were too scared. All I do know is that I'm never returning to that town or those fairgrounds as long as I live. So these are four experiences I've had growing up in a small town in western Michigan from the age of 6 to 18, when I eventually left the state. I will put them in order of how they happened. When I was 6 years old, during the summer, I would always wake up before my mom and walk to our living room and look out of our sliding door for deer. My parents owned about 7 acres, and almost all of it was an open field. This particular morning though, I walked up to the slider and looked out, and the only way I can describe what I saw was this big-headed black dog thing that was just staring back at me from less than 100 yards away. It looked like it was just staring me in the eyes, like it knew I had just saw it. It almost knew that I had just walked up to the sliding glass door, I felt. I saw it leaning on a low-hanging branch, and it just didn't seem right. The head was so massive. Most of my family owned large dogs, so I knew it just didn't seem quite right. It seemed more dog-like rather than bear-like. I sprinted back to my room and waited until my mom woke up but never said anything about it. The second weird thing I saw years later was of course another morning when I woke up in early November when I was 10 years old, again looking for deer. This time I saw something running along the tree line about 100 yards away. It was about the height of a Great Dane if I had to guess and had a silverish gray color. It wasn't multicolor, just one flat color, and it was huge. The head, again, was shaped more like a wolf. Its fur was short, but it wasn't shaggy, which was weird because in November, in Michigan, everything was getting its winter coat. It was just trotting along the wood line, stopping, and what looked like marking, and then it would keep on walking, just like a dog or a wolf would. But it was incredibly tall and unbelievably quick. The third encounter was when I was 13 years old and just got into trapping. I was setting up a trap one night, hoping to catch a coyote. Suddenly, I hear just this absolute heart-thumping, bone-snapping sound coming from the woods. All I hear is these snaps and crunches. I then realize there are no birds making any noises at all. I know you shouldn't turn your back and run if you ever think there's a predator, but I was not sticking around to see what was making that noise. I went out the next day with my 30-30 and retrieved my trapping gear. Surprisingly, nothing even touched the bait. The final story is the one that scared me the most. I was 17 years old, it was a summer evening, and we would leave our sliding glass door open sometimes just with our screen door closed so we could have a nice breeze in the house. We had a black lab that would just lay by the screen door and smell all the scents from outside. She normally did this every night, but on this night in question, she started to growl and her hackles came up and she slowly walked away from the door. So I walked over to the screen door and in the wood line a little over 100 yards away, I could hear something 
heavy, moving through the woods. I always kept a flashlight near the door because I would like to shine and see how many deer would walk through the field at night, and also be able to see where my dog was. No, I never poached a deer or shot at them at night, I just liked to see how many there were walking around. So, while I shined the light, I saw a set of eyes pop up in this clearing in the woods. The light was not quite bright enough to pick up anything but eye shine, so when I saw the eyes, they definitely weren't the, the whites of a deer's eyes, that's for sure. They were bluish red, like just a color I don't even know how to explain. They were whiter apart than a deer as well, or anything I had ever seen before. Now, I couldn't tell you the exact distance it was because the clearing was probably about 75 yards long and 40 yards wide, but the eyes were unusually far apart, and it wasn't blinking. It just stared at me, seemingly soulless. As I'm writing this, I have goosebumps all over me. So, after staring for a minute, I decided to make a deer snort sound to see if it would turn its head. No dice. I made the noise three more times, very loudly, and to no avail, it just stared, not blinking at all. So I decided I would stomp on the wooden deck. I stomped twice, and it woke up my brother, and my mom came out and asked me what was going on. The whole time I just stared back at this thing, and it stared back at me, and it never blinked. I decided that I needed to go back inside and lock the door. Ever since then, I've had no clue what it was, but I guess I never really have wanted to find out either. There have been three instances in my life where I have felt like I was going to be abducted. I'm a woman and I'm currently 23 years old. I'm also on the petite side, standing at a whopping 5 foot 3 and weighing roughly around 115 pounds. Because of this, I typically wear heels or platform boots so that I can appear taller than I actually am. This story happened this spring while at a second-hand store. I was looking to find a good side table style cabinet and my boyfriend came with me because I have already been nearly abducted twice in my life. I could write about these in the future if you would like and I suffer from CPTSD in part of that, so I'm not really able to go out in public by myself unless I'm with someone, going to class, or going to work. Lucky for me, my boyfriend is 6 foot 3, lean but muscular, has a very deep, intimidating voice, and has absolutely no issues with taking physical action if I needed it. But, basically, it's like having my own caring, personal bodyguard. For context, the area I live in is bad for human trafficking. I live in northern Wisconsin, but close to Minneapolis. The I-94 runs basically straight to Minneapolis from the Dells. I grew up in that area and I know full well that the Dells has bad trafficking issues too because of the high levels of tourism in that area. Plus, Baraboo, the next town over from the Dells, still has running cargo trains that are rumored to be contributing to the trafficking. But that's not entirely relevant. The town I currently live in is split in half by the same interstate, and there's a Walmart right by the exit, also infamous for trafficking. There have been many abductions of women in our town in various locations all over, and it isn't a secret to anybody that it's an issue for the area. Now, with the story. My boyfriend and I go to the next town over to look for a cabinet-styled side table because the second-hand shops in our town don't sell furniture. We get inside and look around a little bit before my boyfriend says he needs to go to the bathroom. I keep browsing nearby the bathrooms in a display area for desks, dressers, etc. 
and I find this neat vintage vanity with hidden organizers in the top of the desk, and I start looking at it and checking out its little features. While doing so, I feel eyes on me, so I look around to see if I'm being watched by someone. Sure enough, in the row of desks behind me, there's a middle-aged man looking at me with no facial expressions. I'm dressed in a skirt and knee socks, and this is one of my go-to looks, so glaring at creepy men eyeing me up isn't something new to me, but since I'm alone now and don't want to anger the guy, I give him the cliche Midwestern half-smile and move up the row away from him, but towards the corner of the section. Suddenly, this guy practically runs to the row I'm in, so I take a right and head up towards where he was standing when I initially spotted him. He picks up pace, and I am now half running, trying to get away from him, and after a small chase around the furniture, we end up in a situation where I'm standing on one side of the row of desk and he is standing on the other, waiting to see which way I will go, at a standstill. At this moment, I try looking to my left towards the other furniture and bathrooms to see if anyone is around to witness this, and thank Gaia, my boyfriend is out of the bathroom, already walking towards us, with a very squared up posture. He looks livid and his eyes are locked solidly onto this creep that was chasing me around the furniture just a second ago. My boyfriend reaches my side and puts his arm around my shoulder, protectively, and he and the creep make eye contact. They honestly both looked equally angry. The guy doesn't say anything, just walks away, but every few minutes or so we see him looking at us from a few miles away, wherever we are in the store, and I am anxious as hell at this point and just want to leave. But my boyfriend is trying to do his best to reassure me and calm me down in the best way he knows, but with no avail. He eventually distracts me from the guy by finding a perfect side table that I was looking for. Dark cherry wood, glass door, shelves, beautiful and only $30, not to mention a student discount. We picked it up and head to the checkout. The entire time I am paranoid and looking around to see if this guy is near us. He is currently being checked out at the register, and we are being separated by two other customers. My anxiety spikes again, but I try not to let it show. When he is done, he walks through the first set of doors to exit, but is still in the first entrance of the store just standing there. He looks at me, and we make eye contact a few times while I'm in line and then checking out. I make it a point to stand on the right side of my boyfriend, carrying my new find out and holding eye contact with the creep the whole time we exit and get to the car. He doesn't say or do anything. He didn't follow us. He just stared at me, and we get to the car safely. Although I am still paranoid and trying to get the side table in the car and secure it as fast as possible, which is just making me fumble more, but regardless, we left safe and made it home okay. I can't say for certain that this man was trying to abduct me, let alone if he was working with human traffickers, but I highly doubt he was chasing and stalking me around the store with pure intentions. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as the more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp growing on YouTube. If you're new to the channel, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there, as it helps us grow a ton. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, 
You can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and potentially giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, check out the merch store. We've got face masks, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Much love and thanks to my friend Lady Spukaria, who read story number two today. If you enjoy her voice and storytelling abilities, please be sure to check out her channel in the description down below. I would love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I know, I know, it's always so hard to pick one, right? Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.